Welcome to a week three edition of Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota Dealers, proud partner of the LA Rams. I'm JB Long, and it is Thursday morning at SoFi Stadium, which means we are three days away from this matchup against undefeated Tampa Bay. The defending Super Bowl champion Buccaneers are here to take on your Rams this Sunday in Inglewood. Let's bring in DeMarco Farr. We're a little bit late getting started this morning, DeMarco. We were hoping that uh, our broadcast partner, Maurice Jones-Drew, who was a game-time decision, would be able to join us. But uh, he's on the same list that Sean McVay is on this week, a non-COVID-related illness. We hope he's back in time for Sunday. See, I, I think there might be two Maurice Jones-Drews. The, the one that was in, in Jacksonville was a whole lot tougher than the one we got. I'm just kidding. I hope he gets well soon. I know he's watching. It means more talk time for the uh, guest panelists we have today from the ringer john gonzalez is back we enjoyed his presence at training camp down at uc irvine now for the biggest game of the season he gives us some national perspective john we appreciate your patience uh dm us your address there's a ram's foam finger coming your way for uh <laughs> waiting out this half hour thank you yeah thanks for having me guys i mean i I'm happy to stand in for MJD. We get confused for each other all the time, so this is going to work out great. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's start with this uh, elite quarterback matchup coming your way in Inglewood on Sunday in America's Game of the Week. And Tom Brady at age 44 is playing arguably his best football. His stats are prolific once again. Uh, he and Rob Gronkowski have found that fountain of youth. John, can you convince us that the Rams will have the better quarterback on the field Sunday? I'm not talking about the most accomplished, of course, not the best resume. No one compares to Brady, but the best individual for three hours on Sunday. Yeah, I'm the guest on the show that feels a little like a trap for the rookie where you're trying to convince me to take it. Is. It's tough because it is Tom Brady, right? He's the GOAT. And on top of that, he's got just an incredible supporting cast around him, an excellent offense, one of the best in the NFL, one of the best maybe that the NFL has seen in quite some time. Chris Godwin has looked really good. Mike Evans has looked really good. Rob Gronkowski, all of a sudden, Fountain of Youth revitalized. Uh, you've got Fournette out of the backfield and on and on. Even Antonio Brown in that first game looked really good. So he's got a great supporting cast. But what show are we on here, JB? This is between the horns. This is not between your Buccaneers. You're not going to trick me. By the way, I just came up with that. That's free brain. Quick, yes. Uh, look, Matt Stafford has been every bit as good as advertising these first two games not for nothing higher completion percentage in the first two games than tom brady and a higher quarterback rating clear connection with cooper cup robert woods is getting get get involved and also their home sofi stadium is going to be rocking i'm going with the home team i'm going with the home quarterback give me matt stafford yeah, Brady's first professional game in Los Angeles, DeMarco, and so much of it has to do with the matchup. The defense of Los Angeles gave mm-hmm. Brady fits last year on Monday Night Football in Tampa Bay. Can they repeat the formula? Uh, I think they can. I, I do like Tampa's supporting cast. Um, I, I like their offensive line. I think Donovan Smith is uh, a good left tackle, athletic, perfect for Brady. I, I think from guard to guard, they're pretty tough. And, and worse on the outside, on at right tackle, is, is pretty good. They give him protection. They understand protections. Tom Brady is a master protecting himself, sliding the line the right way to pick up uh, blitzers and whatnot. So uh, they're pretty good at what they do, protecting Tom Brady. And if you give him time, he can absolutely fillet you. I, I'm glad I didn't get to answer that question because I think 
uh, to figure out which quarterback is going to play the best or be the best in 2021, I think it's going to be decided this Sunday. And as we get closer, I start to realize uh, this is a big, big game. This is not just another game. It is for the Rams. It is for the Bucs. But for the world, uh, a lot of people are, are putting a lot on this game. But uh, this will be tough. Um, so defensively speaking for the Rams, um, if you go back to last week and the week before that and go into any time last year, um, it's all about Aaron Donald and his energy. And what he gave you last week in Indianapolis was unbelievable. How many pressures and knockdowns did you count, JB? I had 10, and I'm a tough grader. How many did you have? Well, here's what I noticed, though, is he did not complete any of those pressures with a sack. And while it was frustrating in the moment, it was still effective. And what it leaves the door open to DeMarco is him setting the Rams' all-time franchise sack record in the modern era at home against TB12, which would be pretty special. See, you you, you led me right there. This is what I mean. And as I got out of the car in the parking lot today, I realized, okay, when he does – set the franchise record. It's going to be huge. It's going to be on a big stage. And by the way, it's going to be Brady that he drops to do it. So this will live on forever. And think about it. If Brady wants to play until he's 50, I don't know how long Aaron's going to go, but theoretically they could go into the Hall of Fame together. And guess what play they'll show? Probably this one. So it's going to be huge. But I'll say this. Um, We talked about D-line depth. It was going to be an issue. Um, I think Aaron Donald, and he's played all but seven snaps uh, for the first two weeks. That's a lot for him. That's more than last year. I think that is a symptom of not having depth. But his energy is unbelievable. But when, if you look at the film last week, Carson Wentz and that offense started having success when Aaron got a little worn down because of the, the reps and snaps. So you're going to need some other people, some second waves to come in and help you with Brady because it can't be on 99 alone. All right, John, you thought my first question was a trap. Wait until you have to defend the ringer on this one. Uh, It was an article by your colleague Stephen Ruiz trying to separate contenders from pretenders with the group that is currently 2-0. And in the Rams section, it was somewhat undecided, and a lot of that was laid at the feet of the defense. Uh, It was described as a cheap knockoff of last year's defense, which was the best in professional football. So here's my thing. The Rams are allowing fewer than 20 points per game on defense. They've surrendered only three touchdowns through two games what grade would you give them you don't have to follow steven's lead i want to say that uh i enjoy and respect all of my rare colleagues in case the bosses are watching i'm sure they are they're big fans of uh, between the horns i you know i i think the rams defense has been really good uh, you mentioned some of the stats they've also been fourth in turnovers any coach and certainly DeMar- uh, demarco would tell you the same thing and when you win the turnover battle, you have a great shot to win the game, right? So the Rams have been really good with that so far. But I do think you have to grade them a little bit on a curve, JB, because what kind of competition have they played so far? They had the Bears at home. The Bears are an NFL team. They're fine. Andy Dalton was here. I like Andy Dalton, but he's mostly a replacement quarterback. I think his hair and his beard are better than he is as a quarterback these days. Uh, I'd like to talk to his barber, frankly. Uh, Although if my barber's watching, I would never cheat on you, Jared. But that's basically all you're getting out of the Bears, right? And then all of a sudden they go on the road, they play the Colts. Any road win in the NFL is a good win. There's no doubt about that. However, again, competition-wise, you're playing Carson Wentz. And as anybody from Philadelphia will tell you, hello again, uh, playing Carson Wentz usually works out pretty good for the other guys. So, look, you can only beat the competition in front of you. The Rams defense has done that. They've done it well. 
but because I'm a little curious or a little suspicious about those first two opponents, I'll give them a solid B plus, maybe an A minus. This is the real test. We all know that the eyes of the NFL are on this game this weekend. You get past the Buccaneers, you beat them at home with everybody watching with SoFi Stadium rocking. A plus. I already know that my primary takeaway from this episode of Between the Horns is going to be that the Bears are an NFL team, courtesy of John yeah, Gonzalez. I mean, Th- thank you for driving that point home. DeMarco, he raises uh, well several interesting points. One I'd like to follow up with you on, which is the quarterback contrast between week two and week three could not be any more stark, right? Like Carson Wentz invites chaos. He lives off schedule. The play starts when the play breaks down. Meanwhile, Tom Brady surgically eliminates all of that. Uh, totally. Uh, completely opposite quarterbacks. And to the Bears' defense, that was a tough team to defend because you're facing two quarterbacks. So when they bring in the young guy, you got to flop. So I would give the Rams an A. But Tom Brady, you're exactly right. Um, and you heard the word poise. I heard the word poise ever since I started competitive sports, even before I knew what the word meant. Um, but if you want a living embodiment of poise, look at Tom Brady. Uh, no matter what the defense does, pre-snap, post-snap, what have you, it, it's, he seems unflappable. And he's so relaxed in his quarterbacking, which means when he drops back or fakes it to the running back or manipulates a safety with his shoulder and his eyes, everything is almost letter perfect. And he almost makes you a uh, chase shadows, so to speak. So uh, it's a balanced breakfast, a full-time job trying to defend Tom Brady because it's not just about stopping him for one drive or a half. Uh, he is constantly and steadily gaining knowledge about your calls, uh, your ability that day, uh, your cardiovascular uh, acumen. Uh, he's he's ca- constantly gaining information so he can beat you on the next series, next drive, next, next play. So uh, this is not just going to be one of these situations where you think you got him. There is, there is no, I think you got Tom Brady. You're going to have to play gung-ho, balls you know what, to the wall football until the final gun sounds to beat him. All right, next topic was supposed to be about Daryl Henderson's injury and how his potential absence might impact Sunday's game. But I'm going to call an audible at the line of scrimmage here and broaden the conversation a bit because of what's happened this week in Tampa Bay. Don't know if Antonio Brown is going to be back from the reserve COVID list. Jason Pierre-Paul, it was reported this morning, went to Colorado for a second opinion on his shoulder. The advice, the recommendation was rested. So let's say those three... We don't know yet, but let's say that they may not play on Sunday. Which one of those three would have the biggest impact, their absence, on the outcome Sunday? John, we'll start with you. Ooh, uh, tough, right? I mean, because all of a sudden, if those guys aren't involved, changes sort of the complexion of the game. But I'd probably go with Jason Pierre-Paul. I, I think that the, the Bucks defense last year you saw – same with the Rams. Those two defenses were really, really good. And now all of a sudden this year, not to say that the Bucks have taken a step back this year, but in those first two games we saw uh, in the opener against the Cowboys, Cowboys put up some points on them. And then the Falcons, I really expected them to blow out the Falcons and, and hold the Falcons uh, to, to pretty few points. And it looked like they were going to do that in the first half. And all of a sudden then in the second half, maybe they got a little comfortable. Uh, they started to come back. Falcons started to put some points on the board. Corderell Patterson got into the end zone. Uh, Calvin Ridley got some gains, and it, and it just didn't look like that same defense. So I think if they're not at full strength, uh, certainly if they didn't have a Jason Pierre-Paul to put some pressure on Matthew Stafford, now all of a sudden a defense that hasn't looked quite as good as they did last year, another advantage for the Rams. 
DeMarco, it looked like the injury report in the first portion of the week was going to favor Tampa Bay. Maybe now, not so much. You know, uh, not having Antonio Brown out there would be huge. Uh, that's just one less problem for Raheem Morris in the secondary to solve. Now, uh, there are some concerns about the secondary. I know we do a lot of talking about Jalen Ramsey, and he absolutely deserves it. And I'm glad they're moving him around uh, to be a defensive football player, not just a corner. But uh, in the back end, Carson Wentz, and I think you said it during the broadcast, I mean, he was throwing darts out there to open guys and Jack Doyle uh, was was a problem in the second half and ask anyone he is a poor man's Gronkowski well guess what's coming so you've got that to deal with that's going to be an issue and when you think about having to deal with Antonio Brown on the other side or a guy that can take advantage of man coverage one-on-one coverage uh, and get into the end zone that scares you now if he's out good uh, I hope he's not sick I, I don't want to wish that on anybody but if he's not around for game day great I won't complain about it he is an absolute problem and I'll have to say this about Darius Williams uh, it's not that he's played poorly he's just it doesn't seem like he's playing as fast as he did last year now that could be symptomatic of the defense and a different voice in the room or he's got a lot more going on than he did last year it's easy to sneak up on people now everyone expects you to play great uh, day in and day out and speaking of day, there's a little daylight between him and his responsibilities running past. But I think that stuff can get ironed out. But if Antonio Brown isn't there, you're not going to see me crying about it. Hmm. Could be a big week for David Long Jr. as well. This week three game was the one we had circled to really test the corner depth of the Rams in 2021. All right, let's go big picture here to finish. And there are seven teams in the National Football League unbeaten. Sunday's game here in Inglewood pits two of them against each other, the Rams and the Bucks. Let's play contenders or pretenders, though, and start in the AFC. Uh, John and DeMarco, I'll give you a chance each. Just a rapid-fire answer, maybe a quick word on why you feel this way. And the Raiders are up first. Las Vegas hosting Miami without Tua, who has fractured ribs. Are you buying the Raiders as a contender at potentially two going on three? And oh, John, looks like DeMarco wants you to take this one. <laughs> DeMarco's ready for this one. Let's go, uh, I think we're going to be in accord on this one. I'm buying the Raiders, actually. I mean, they go on the road in Pittsburgh and uh, win a game that I think sends a signal to a lot of, a lot of other teams around the NFL, certainly in the AFC West, and then, you know, they're playing Miami that's banged up and no Tua. Yeah, I'm buying the Raiders. DeMarco, tough division, the AFC West. Are the Raiders one of the playoff teams that's going to emerge? I'm buying the Raiders. We saw them up close. So we were both in agreement that's not a bad football team over there. And I'm not sure about Miami. I'm, I'm really not. Going back to the whole Fitz decision, now two is out. you got to go to quarterback number three or number two. So uh, I'll take the Raiders. I think they're playing well. DeMarco, when we were in Denver for preseason game number three, we spoke about the fact that for Teddy Bridgewater, there's a clear path to a 3-0 and start. It's materialized that way. They're in a mile high with uh, the Jets coming their way. What about that same division, the Denver Broncos? I mean, why even talk about anybody playing the Jets with all due respect? You know this, right? Come on. Um, yeah, I, I think some college teams may have a good shot against the Jets, but I think Denver uh, in mile high, yeah, forget about it. I'll, I'll take Denver. John of the Broncos going to be in the AFC playoff field. So I'm going to, I'm going to split this one here down the middle. I think as DeMarco said, let's not talk about the jets. Zach Wilson looked absolutely terrible. I feel awful for their fan base. I think the Broncos do get past the jets easily, but to say that they're going to be in the playoff picture, I'm just not buying that. I think they're pretenders. Uh, It's going to be a pretty hollow three and all. I feel like. All right, John, we'll stick with you. Your better half is in Houston tonight for Thursday Night Football. The Carolina Panthers a chance to get to 3-0. and Coming out of that NFC South, are the Panthers for real? 
Yeah, JB, you and I were talking a little bit about this Thursday night football. It's going to be a tough one, especially with no Tyrod Taylor. But I am buying the Carolina Panthers as playoff contenders because it feels like Sam Darnold, you know, he took a lot of heat in New York with the Jets. Again, let's not talk about the Jets. He goes down to Carolina, feels like they've got a little something cooking with Sam Darnold, with CMC, and that defense has looked pretty pretty good. I'm buying them as contenders. DeMarco, the Panthers at least look like the second best team behind the box in that division. You know, uh, it's hard for me to even judge the Panthers. I mean, we're not going to say the Panthers are that good to where you can hold the Saints to seven points. I think Jameis Woodson had something to do with that. Uh, worst outing of Sean Payton's life. But, I mean, look, you've got McCaffrey back. Uh, you, you've got a chance against just about anybody. So I think the true Carolina Panthers has yet to reveal themselves. Maybe we'll find out on Thursday. How about the Arizona Cardinals and that prolific offense? DeMarco, is there any chance the Cardinals arrive next week here in Inglewood with anything shy of three wins? No. the Jacksonville. I, I think they found it, JB. Um, what are we more afraid of, San Francisco getting right or Arizona finally finding their groove? Um, I don't like I think, that question. Yeah, I think Arizona has found their groove. Kyler Murray, the game is starting to slow down for a guy that goes – blazing fast so yeah uh let's get through tampa and then we'll start sweating about arizona they'll be john, here undefeated john if last year taught us anything it's that kyler murray and cliff kingsbury can get off to fast starts but can they sustain over the course of a 17 game schedule yeah i'm, I'm buying them I, I think that they look really good well certainly they looked really good against tennessee where i didn't expect them to go to tennessee and smack the titans around last week a little bit more of a slog right they had a hold on white knuckle it a little bit against the minnesota vikings but they pulled it out, and in the NFL, a win is a win, right? And, man, the NFC West is so loaded. I know we're going to get to the 49ers, but that division is just really, really tough. So, yeah, I think uh, each team in that division could emerge as the team in that division. Very nice transition back to you, John, for those Niners. They host Green Bay on Sunday night football. What do you think? Yeah, this is where I'm going to zig a little bit where I think maybe some other people might zag. I'm not buying the 49ers. I watched that game last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's not so much that the 49ers won that game as that the Eagles lost it. You know, in some movies where they have the self-destruct button and you're not supposed to push it unless uh, you're in dire circumstances, the Eagles mashed that thing about 14 times, and the 49ers came away with a very unimpressive win. I think, once again, JB, we talked about the Bears being an NFL team and being fine. 49ers, they're fine. I think that the rest of the division is much better. What distinguishes them, though, is they've won twice on the road already, and there may still be a quarterback change in their future. DeMarco, this is one of those no-lose games from the perspective of the Rams, right? Either Green Bay's taking its second loss or San Francisco's taking its first. Yeah, I hope they both tie infinitum and keep beating each other up. Yeah, let's just just go there. But, you know, I I think San Francisco has the embryo stage of – what they do best, uh, they run the football when they can find a running back. Now, they've been, you know, dinged up a little bit. That's going to affect you some. But uh, that mentality is still there, and those offensive linemen are still there. The philosophy is still there. And they get after you rushing the passer, and Bosa's back. We mentioned that. So uh, I think San Francisco is one of these teams that rounds into form around October and then starts to pound people. So uh, either way, uh, you've got one of the better quarterbacks in the world and Aaron Rodgers that looks good versus a defense that can flat get after him. So we'll see who wins that. But if San Francisco gets right, you said it earlier, man, uh, the NFC West is loaded. But, I mean, when you talk about the physical presence, the hammer, that is all San Francisco. Last thing, DeMarco, back to you. We don't want to skip over the one-on-one group because there's very little separating them from the undefeateds. And it's a loaded group at that. 
Buffalo, Baltimore, Kansas City in the AFC, Green Bay, Seattle in the NFC. Some really good candidates to be the last team standing despite having already taken an early loss from that group. Who do you like as a potential Super Bowl pick? Well, all those teams, the only two I heard were Buffalo and Seattle. <laughs> those are the ones that scare me, really. Uh, Buffalo with, with Josh Allen is tough. They paid him. Uh, they backed up the Brinks truck, and he is every bit as good as what they paid him. So, And he's only going to get better. Uh, when they start to figure out how to run the football to supplement his passing, I think they're going to be dangerous. And Seattle with a McVay-type offense – with a future Hall of Famer quarterback in Russell Wilson. Oh, boy. And they still have a physical type uh, mentality with Pete Carroll. He's never going to get away from running the football and trying to dominate the line of scrimmage. So think about that. Uh, that is the Rams offense on steroids when you think about it. So that would be scary. So Seattle and Buffalo from that group, definitely. And I'll add once again, Baltimore, Kansas City, Green Bay. John, do you want to go in a different direction? Yeah, those are great picks. I mean, it is such a loaded group. You could you could really take any of these teams. I mean, even the Ravens, who were so injury uh, banged up, we saw what happened with their running backs, where they ended up with three running backs hurt in twelve days. And then last week on Monday Night Football, uh, everybody counts them out against Kansas City, and they have just an incredible win. And kudos to them; they could be a pick as well. But I think the obvious one here, for me at least, is Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City lost that game to the Ravens. It was a it was a fun game to watch, a good game to watch. But there's no way I'm counting out. Uh, just a one-on-one Kansas City team with Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill and even Michael Hardman and Clyde Edwards-Alaire out of the backfield. And Andy Reid has proven to be one of the great coaches in NFL history. Uh, that team is so, so dangerous despite losing that game to the Ravens. I'm going to just play chalk here. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. All right, John Gonzalez and Marco Farr, they're practically neighbors, uh, but they've driven to opposite ends of our great city to make this edition of Between the Horns possible. John, thank you for being our guest. We look forward to doing it again soon. Thanks for having me, guys. And DeMarco, I'll see you here at SoFi on the other side of this wall in 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to our audience, thank you for tuning in this week to Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers, proud partner of the LA Rams. You can join us. Uh-oh, the lights are going off here at SoFi Stadium. Just go to therams.com slash tickets, therams.com slash tickets. Standing room only for week three, the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can the Rams get them two years in a row? Can't wait to see you Sunday in Inglewood.